0: and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We're journeying into this desert, if we remember from last week. We're journeying into this desert with Jesus. And as we journey through the desert, remember you're going to come across things that you don't like about yourself. In the desert, if you remember, there's not many places to hide. Everything is open in front of you. It's just an open landscape. There's not many distractions. You are entering into the desert now with Jesus. Don't forget it. And as you enter into the desert with Jesus, now he gives us these words to meditate on and focus. If we focus on today's reading, Jesus is trying to tell us, are you my people? Are you truly my people? You say you are a Christian, but are you my people? Do you live for me, or do you live for the world? Do you live for me, or do you live for your sin? Do you live for the light, or do you live for the darkness? He continues to tell us these things, and he tells us that we have this choice in life to make a choice for him or against him. Why does he give us this choice? Because guess what? He loves us. He's never going to force us to love him. He's never going to force us to love him. Today's gospel story, he ends it, it's, The Sermon on the Mount, the greatest homily ever given, that Jesus gives on the mountain as He's just beginning to start in His ministry, people are flocking to Him, and He gives the sermon, and this is how He ends His homily. He ends His homily with the parable of the builders, the wise builder and the foolish builder. But take a notice at the stories that come before this, right? So here is the stories that Jesus gives us before. First, he gives us this this explanation of two different paths, right? Here is the narrow gate, and here is the wide gate. Many people will not enter by the narrow gate because it is narrow, but instead they'll choose to enter by the wide gate. And many, many do not know the love of Jesus and enter into that wide gate, that gate that so much of the world who is so lost and sometimes hears the words of God and falls away and does their own thing, or find it hard to accept it. and can't accept God's love in their life, and so they go by the wide gate. They don't know the love of Jesus. Then he gives us the other story, right? Not everything is as it appears. He tells us there's always going to be different kinds of fruits. Even a diseased tree, even a tree that looks healthy, actually has a disease within it and produces bad fruit. You will know the tree by the fruit it produces. It's not always as it seems. Then he goes even further. Beware of false prophets. Very, 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 very relevant to our day today. Beware of false prophets. You know, they come from Hollywood, they come from politics. all these places, right? Beware of false prophets, of influencers and things of that nature that are constantly trying to feed you ideas. that are constantly trying to tell you what the true meaning of life is. Beware of these influencers. Beware of Hollywood. Beware of these things in life that we try to make as gods in our life without realizing we're making to gods in our life. How often do we listen to these things on social media? How often do we listen to these things on the news? Rather than listening to God Himself, than trusting in God. Here is the news that's constantly telling you, be worried, be anxious, be worried, be anxious, be worried, be anxious. And here is Matthew chapter 6, where Jesus is telling you, why are you anxious? What What does anxiety do for you? Does it add even a moment onto your life? Not at all. Why waste your life being anxious? Look at the birds of the sky and how God feeds them. They don't collect food in warehouses, but God feeds them. Look at the fields and how beautifully it is that they are covered with, with flowers. Does God not dress them? And yet we worry. Beware of the prophets who are trying to feed you things. They look like sheep sheep. But in reality, they're wolves in sheep's clothing. Not everyone who comes to me and says, Lord, Lord, did we not do all these things in your name? I knew you. But do you really? Or are you just trying to puff up your pride as a Christian or whatever it might be? Right? Two professions of faith. Are you actually believing or do you just claim to believe? Do you actually know Jesus or do you just claim to know Jesus? Do we just take up space in this church? Or are we doing something for Jesus each and every day? Lastly, he comes to the story of the builders. Everyone who hears my words and does them, obeys, listens, and does, is like the man who builds his house upon rock. And the floods came, the winds blew, the rain blew, the rain started to fall on it, and great was that house that it withstood everything. It did not fall. Then here is the foolish builder who hears the word of Jesus, who understands what it is that they must do, and yet they build up everything on self-righteousness. They build up everything on their own pride, they build up everything on their own, and they say, no, no, I can, I can kind of withstand all these things, whatever storm comes my way, I'll handle it. The winds blew, the floods came, the rains poured, and great was the fall of that house. What is Jesus getting at here? Yes, there are storms of life that come our way, but also the Judgment Day. I want us to realize that all of us, right, are not going to live forever. It's a fact of life that one day we have to prepare ourselves to come before this altar, to be buried now in the church, right, to be buried, and we have to be thinking about our future, right? As Christians, we are always thinking about the future. We are thinking about death, and we are not always so afraid of death, but rather we know that we believe in a God has conquered death, who has destroyed death, that we are no longer afraid of death. And so now we are thinking about our future. When I stand before God, when I am before him, and he tests me with the storm that comes for all of us, this judgment, what am I going to say? How is God going to judge me? We have to think about it. A lot of times we get kind of These wrong notions of heaven and hell, what is heaven, what is hell, right? We don't quite understand. But heaven and hell is simply God respecting you. Respecting you and loving you. Again, He'll never force you to love Him. It has to be from us, from the very heart of our being, from us. We want to love God. And when we want to love God, guess what? We're making a choice to live with Him and for Him in this world. And when we do that... It means we want to be with him. When we want to be with him, we've made the choice that for all of eternity, for as long as the ages go by eternally, forever and ever, I am now in union with God. That is what heaven is. Now, we can also choose to go against him. You don't have to love God. And God gives you that choice not to love him, to go against him. To do what it is that you want to do to build up yourself in self-righteousness and not to love your neighbor, not to forgive others, to hold prejudices, to hold these things in our heart, to kind of hold on to the darkness that we get too comfortable with. God allows you to turn the other way, out of love. And so what is hell? Hell is simply a place where God's love does not exist. A lot of times we think of it as this burning fire, right? This burning, quenching, that burning, never-ending fire that burns us all, and we think of you know devils little pitchforks. And to a certain degree, right, there is a fire there, a fire of pain, because we're not living in God's love. We're not living for what we're meant to be. My brothers and sisters, build your house upon rock. I want this Lent to be something that transforms us. Not just, I'm going through the motions, I'm giving up whatever it is I gave up for Lent, and now, after Easter, I continue on my life as normal. No! No, no, no. It must be a transforming thing. As we travel through the desert, one thing I want us to realize is this. Lent is inconvenient. And it should be inconvenient. It should be difficult. Spring break is coming up. The weekend is coming up. Right here it is, the weekend, spring break, whatever it need vacation days. Maybe I'm in a situation where I have to go to a restaurant and I'm, I'm here he is, I'm ordering what it is, I gave up. Or we give each other certain passes, you know, yeah, make a pass for today because today's different. It's a celebration, blah, blah, blah. It's very easy to fast when it's convenient. But that's not love. Love is not convenient. Think of, you know, husbands and their wives, right? you want to watch the game or whatever it might be, and here's your wife nagging you, you know, today's date night, you promise you're going to take out the kids, whatever it might be, and nagging, 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 right? Love, But you do it anyway, you skip game night, you skip whatever it is, hanging out with, with, with your friends or whatever it might be, to do what it is that you're, you're supposed to do as a parent, to do things out of love, because guess what? Love is inconvenient. Lent is supposed to be inconvenient. When it is that we are faced with temptation... When it is that we're faced with with sin or whatever it is that we've given up, right? And you choose to instead choose Jesus, guess what? You're making an act of love. So that after Lent, your heart is now transformed. That after Lent, it doesn't always become just kind of, I love Jesus or I pray when it's convenient. But guess what? I'm always praying even when it's inconvenient. Even when it's difficult to make the right choice, I'm always praying, I'm always choosing for Jesus. Lent is meant to transform you. As we journey into the desert, I pray, we pray, that this Lent becomes very inconvenient for us. Because love is inconvenient. Because Jesus is calling us to love him in a greater way. My brothers and sisters, Satan is always going to try to divide us from each other. Satan is always going to try to divide us from Jesus, and so really, really, I implore you: make your fasting inconvenient. Whatever it is that you've given up, the sins that you've given up, the things that you've given up, do not give in to temptation, but always, always, always hold fast to them. Even when you are in vacation mode, even when it is that you are kind of, uh, you know, kind of going through the humdrum of life, and, and you know, not everyone really is practicing Lent. At the restaurant, I'm just going to have a drink or two, whatever it might be, right? Whatever it is you've given up, hold fast to your Lenten promises. But as Satan works at you, hold fast to the word of God as well. We all have phones. We're all on it in an obnoxious amount of time. Guess what? Read the word of God. How does Jesus last week, if we remember the temptations of Jesus, as it is, the devil is tempting him each time. What does Jesus do? He quotes scripture back. He quotes scripture back to him, and he focuses on the word of God. There are so many ways in which we can focus on the Word of God, whether it's Googling, right? Google Matthew chapter 4, Matthew chapter 6, why do I worry? Google, whatever. Google, 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 right? Not Google, but Bible, 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 right? Google's, whatever, whatever search engine you're using, right? Google things on your phone, Google the Bible, there's, there's apps, there's an abundance, a super abundance of apps. There is no shortage to the number of apps. There is no shortage to the amount of Bibles that are now out there. There's the great Catholic, there's the Bible in the Year, there's the Adventure Bible, there's, there's everything. There's so many podcasts. There's just an obnoxious amount of ways in which you can listen to the Word of God on the daily. Don't fall and build your house on sand. Build it on rock. But it means, as Jesus says, when you hear my Word and you do. When you hear my Word and you do. Listen to his Word each and every day and do do. Don't be like the foolish builders who build it on nothing. Empty things. It's not worth it. When it comes time for us to be buried, to be judged by God, we come to God and we say, God, I've done all these things for you. I've built my house upon rock. No matter how difficult it was, I've built my house upon rock and I want nothing more than to live with you in eternity. Amen?